This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I wouldn't be happy if I came to your workplace and a woman was helping you get dressed. What if it was like in front of all of my coworkers though? Hi, and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. Happy Election Day, everybody. I hope it turned out exactly how you wanted it to turn out, as long as that is how I wanted it to turn out. We'll let you decide how that is. And this is our podcast. We are a couple. We are comedians. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls. But we've both seen the opposite shows, and now we're finally getting around to showing each other those shows. And we're liking them. Yeah. We're almost done with season one. I'm really excited about both season finales next week. I know. But we're not there yet. We got a fan correction for the last podcast. This is a segment we like to call Fan Fan Corrections. It's a a segment we just invented right now. We spent a long time, a couple episodes ago, trying to figure out what Lorelai was talking about when she said Christopher asked her to take her shirt off, and a fan pointed out that he says that to her when he drives up on his motorcycle. But that was like a week ago, so we had forgotten that he said that, because he didn't say that in the episode. It's very confusing. But thank you, fan, for pointing that out. Yeah, so sorry we wasted so much time on that, but I imagine that people felt that way when they watched it, because it, it's asking you to remember a very specific line from a week before. That's true. We didn't watch these back to back, so I imagine if you're binging it, it's easier to remember. Right. Uh, we also met some new friends on the internet that came across our podcast. It's another couple that does a very similar podcast, only they watch Gilmore Girls and Dragon Ball Z. That's the dream, to get your girlfriend to watch Dragon Ball Z with you. Would you rather I watch that than Buffy? No, because I want to watch Buffy again. Okay. Well, I don't really want to watch Dragon Ball Z at all, so I'm glad that's theirs and this is ours. Yeah, I don't feel like uh, it would be 50-50 love if you watched Dragon Ball Z. I mean, Vegeta's pretty cool, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, Gilmore Girls is a good show and Dragon Ball Z is a children's show, right, fans? (laughs) But anyway, it's called Gilmore Ball Z. I've listened to a couple episodes. It's very funny. They're on season seven, so you can watch both. It's kind of a fun idea, right? Because Gilmore Girls is a show about women who talk a lot. The scripts are like super long. And Dragon Ball Z is about just men screaming. And the script just says men scream. (laughs) There's no dialogue written. They figure it out on the fly. (laughs) Voice actors are like, this is just an A and an H. Do it. (laughs) But anyway, it's called Gilmore Ball Z. Check it out. We'll put the link to it in our description. This week we went to Storm King to see some art. That was really cool. It was nice to get out of the city. Yeah, it's like this outdoor museum upstate New York, and it's fall times right now, if you're listening to this years from now. It's like this really spread out nature area with lots of giant sculptures. We went with some friends, and it was so pretty. We took lots of pretty pictures. Yeah. So as we said, next week is going to be the season finale of both shows. But because Buffy is shorter in season one than Gilmore Girls, this will be the last episode where we do two Gilmore Girls for every one Buffy. But we also already ran out of Buffy, so we've been watching special things. And this week we watched the Buffy the Vampire Slayer unaired pilot. Wow, was it grainy. It's available on YouTube if you want to find it. And yeah, it's not the best quality. And it's only 25 minutes. Which makes me think it wasn't actually ever supposed to air. It was just sort of like a, hey, network, here's what we're thinking. Like a teaser. So, um, Stacey, you want to tell us what the pilot was all about? I mean, it was basically the same thing as the other pilot, except they didn't really get into the master. And some of the actors were different. I enjoyed it. I think it was like kind of just simple and right to the point. If I'm being honest, I feel like it's almost like better paced than the actual pilot of Buffy. The actual pilot was like a two-parter, really. Mm -hmm. Like It ended on a cliffhanger. 
And I wasn't super interested after that. I feel like this would have caught me a little more. It's a lot more concise. It's very like, the show's going to be vampires each week. Well, except Giles says that there's going to be werewolves and things. But there's none of this like hellmouth stuff. It's just like Buffy. There's going to be other things besides vampires. You can't just be a teenager. You have to kill werewolves too. In our huge library. Yeah, the library was bigger. The big differences are the library is enormous. It's like two stories. The principal is played by a different actor. Yes, it's... um. Ned from Groundhog Day. He also plays Sandy in the early episodes of Glee. I really like this principal. Yeah, I think he's great, actually. And I think he's got a couple lines of dialogue that are a little different that I think are pretty funny. Yeah, he's got this running bit that he can't remember Buffy's name, even though she just told him. Maybe that's in the other pilot, but it seemed more emphasized here. No shade to Flutie, R.I.P. My theory is that they switched actors because this guy was so awesome, they didn't have the heart to sentence him to death by a hyena. That's probably what happened. They were like, oh, people are going to like that guy too much. We just can't. We can't do that. And we really want to kill a principal with hyenas. (laughs) How many principals are we going to go through? I don't actually want you to tell me, but it seems like Buffy's principals are a lot like Emily's maids. Originally, the show was sort of a principal of the week kind of format. Oh, that's kind of boring, though. Yeah, so they made it vampires and demons and stuff. Was Buffy going to kill a principal every week? Yeah, accidentally. The other big change is Willow. Willow is played by a, a very different actress. Oh, yeah. Very different. To me, she looks older. Like, she's got kind of a mom vibe. Yeah. As soon as Stacy saw Willow on the screen, she goes, who is that? Is that Buffy's mom? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up. She's actually younger than Allison Hannigan by a little bit. Allison Hannigan's got, like, a teen look even today. Yeah. And this Willow didn't have any, like, charisma in particular. Although Charisma Carpenter is in this. Yeah, I don't want to say anything negative about this actress. Maybe she's fantastic. I have nothing against her, but I just really feel like Allison Hannigan nails this role. And I haven't seen much of the show, but if you would have shown me both pilots and I had to pick a willow, I I do think I would have gone with Allison Hannigan. There was just nothing really special going on with this lady. And yeah, Willow just has some kind of, I think it's like her dumb, doughy eyes. Mm -hmm. Just makes me believe her more as like a nerd. This woman didn't seem like outcasty enough. Yeah. I have to say that the pilot does have a lot of stuff that I liked a lot, actually. I felt like the fight choreography in this episode was really good. She fights like three vampires on this stage. It's multi-tiered stage. She's like knocking them through stuff. And I was like, this actually looks great. Your stunt double and you are almost indistinguishable. I I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I also enjoyed that the final fight took place in private at like the school auditorium rather than at the bronze. Because that kind of like bothered me that just everyone saw this fight but then like kind of doesn't question Buffy's deal in the actual pilot Mm -hmm. and I also liked little things they did throughout the episode to show us that she's like the slayer and has powers like when she's talking to Giles she flips down from the second story to the first and I was like oh that's a nice quick way to show us that she's awesome there was kind of a funny line right before the final showdown where more vampires show up than she was expecting there to be and she makes a joke like oh I don't suppose you'll let me kill you all at once right And one of them's like, you watch too many movies, which I think was maybe a nod to the movie. We talked about this last week, but there's like moments where they're clearly just like waiting in line to fight Buffy. Yeah. I think it's also a reference to the movie when she first meets Xander. She bumps into him, as happens in the actual pilot, but she explains to him that she's new. And then she walks away and he goes, you're new and improved, which is, I think, kind of a funny joke that they're trying to make, that she looks different than the other Buffy did. Hard to say. There's some other big differences, like a lot of the scenes take place outside as opposed to inside. For example, when Xander bumps into Buffy and knocks her stuff out, that happens in the hallway in the original. Uh. When Cordelia comes up to Willow and makes fun of her outfit, that takes place inside in the original. None of that's really important, but it happens. It's the same Darla. 
But I think the man that she is killing in the beginning is different. So they're like breaking into the school, presumably to make out. And it seems like he's the bad guy, but really she's the bad guy. But she asks him like, oh, do you go to school here? And he says he used to. I know what happens. She's a vampire and she kills this guy. But like for a moment, does she not know how old this guy is that she's about to maybe have sex with? But since you know that she's just going to kill him, what's your issue? Well, we don't know that. If you're seeing this for the first time and she's like, oh, do you go to school here? She does not know whether or not she's about to hook up with a high school child. I mean, I think you're led to believe watching it that he's going to kill her. So are we to believe that she's also a high school student if Uh, we're seeing this for the first time? Yeah, I think so. She thinks he's a cool older man? I think that's what we're supposed to think he thinks. Wow, that's a lot of thinking. Listen, sometimes this show takes some thinking. This ain't no Dragon Ball Z, okay? Exactly. Moving on. Love you, Dragon Ball Z. Stacy. What? If I die, what'd you do? Find the Dragon Balls? This is why we're a perfect couple. We've got no other plan in case of death. (laughs) I've got no will, so you better find those Dragon Balls. (laughs) How many are there? Like seven? Yeah, oh man. I guess I should tell you that. Well, I knew. Yeah, you got it. You might hear our super in this episode. Turns out the time he takes out the trash is whatever time we're recording the podcast. If we start recording this at midnight, he'll start doing the trash. He really wants to be on it. He loves Charmed. Once Buffy figures out that she can't just be a teenager and she's probably got to deal with vampires even at this new school, there's this long moment where she's in class like staring out the window and there's like an Enya song playing. But that went on for like a while. Yeah. It was just like a really weird out of place vibe for this show. Another thing we noticed is when Xander's kind of showing her around the school, pointing out all the different groups, like, those are the nerds, those are the jocks, those are the Topanga inbreeds. I was like, Topanga? Like, my Topanga? From Boy Meets World? And it turns out Topanga is like a region of California. It it seems maybe kind of like a hippie place. I did not know this. I thought Topanga was made up for Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, by the way, is a show Stacey said she would trade me. That if I watched Boy Meets World, she would watch Dragon Ball Z. That's true. I think when we're done with this, in two and a half years, (laughs) we'll maybe do that. Yeah. Uh. What? Boy Meets World's great. Okay. It's so much better than Dragon Ball Z. Okay. And those probably pair well together. They're both about boys growing up. They're both four children. Kind of, yeah. After they discover the body that Darla stuffed in the locker, Buffy's like, talking to the principal yeah and she's like can i see the body don't hear the answer but the next scene she's looking at the body and it's like not roped off they just let her in there they would immediately cancel school when they found a dead body in the locker room even if they kept school going which they wouldn't you're right the police would have like taken that body away or they'd be examining it they wouldn't just be like hey we'll get there later yeah they would never let her in there and also what a weirdo on your first day of school to ask the principal to see a dead body Also, there's a character that we know is in both Buffy and Gilmore Girls who's in this pilot. Uh, He plays Doyle in Gilmore Girls. And I'm not going to say anything about who he plays in Buffy. I think it's John. Is it John? John. Is that his name? John. I see things on the internet. Just the name John? Yeah. That's the full name? Yeah. Then no. John plus last name? No. Is it not John? No, it's my middle name. Jonathan? Mm -hmm. Okay, well. Anyway, that guy is in this pilot, even though I'm assuming he doesn't show up till at least season two of Buffy. No comment. They really liked his performance in this unaired pilot of Guy in Line and just had to get him back he, to play Jonathan later. He plays the principal at some point. Does he? We'll find out. He does not. He's a child. Jonathan's the best. Okay. So what'd you think of the pilot, Stace? I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. I liked that it was quick and short. It was hard to see things sometimes. I'm like, is that the guy that normally plays Xander? It's very fuzzy, but 
I could tell by his voice. He had different hair, I think. He had some Dean hair going on. Mm-hmm. I think if this was the pilot, I would have been a little more sucked in. The master stuff was just too much. That part felt really cheesy to me in the mm-hmm. real pilot. Mm-hmm. And this didn't have any of that. This was more just about like a complicated high school girl. What did you think, Brian? Was this a good episode of Buffy? I do. I thought the fighting was really cool and well done. And the dialogue was quick and snippy. It felt rushed, if I'm being real, but it's a pilot and pilots feel rushed or they feel super drawn out. And so they decided to do a real show that was drawn out. Yeah, I do think this was funnier than most episodes of Buffy. Yeah. I do want to reiterate that I love Allison Hannigan as Willow so much more. As you are supposed to. They got rid of this woman. I hope she went on to do other great things. It was actually Helen Mirren. But she's actually younger than Allison Hannigan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has ever seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. And we're going to do this based only on its IMDb summaries. And again, because Buffy is a half season, we're doing two episodes of Charmed to keep up. Stacey, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile on Charmed, season one, episode 19, Out of Sight, when a young boy gets kidnapped by a Grimlock, it's up to Prue, Piper, and Phoebe to attempt a dangerous rescue. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Out of Sight. There was an Out of Sight title reference of Buffy like two weeks ago. Yeah, Out of Sight, Out of Mind was the Invisible Girl one. Mm -hmm. Do we know what a Grimlock is? Maybe it's a Gremlin Morlock? That makes sense. Okay. So it's a a small little warlock man. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this young boy is invisible. Obviously. So he gets kidnapped and it takes people a while to realize because the kid's invisible, obviously. Yeah, he's he's a born invisible boy. Yeah, obviously, honey. Right. So Grimlocks can actually see invisible things. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, just so you understand, like mm-hmm. let's say Wonder Woman were flying in her plane. Grimlock would see it. So it's really dangerous to rescue him, though, because the Grimlock has very sharp fingernails. Yep. But so do they. So it's just like an all-out cat fight to get this invisible boy back. And it's very dangerous because they might accidentally cut the boy because they can't see him, only the Grimlock can. Uh, Exactly. Really, the Grimlock should be taking care of this boy and not these women. Yeah. But they take him home and they put him in the cupboard with Andy. Yeah. And meanwhile on Charm Season 1, Episode 20, The Power of Two, Piper is sent by her job to Hawaii, leaving Prue and Phoebe by themselves to face a ghost who serially kills people that had to do with his execution for revenge. Who writes these? Was his execution for revenge? No, he was executed by the state because he like super cheated on his taxes. And it was like so bad. They're like, all right, this is death sentence. It's like third strike, you're out. And uh, they killed him. And he's super pissed about it because he's like, oh, it was with some debt. And so he's come back from the dead as a ghost to kill the people that executed him. Why do Prue and Phoebe have to deal with it? I mean, obviously, because Piper's gone. And is it one of Piper's like boyfriends, you think? Yep. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, she left us another one. Ugh, how many boyfriends does she have? Meanwhile, she's probably hooking up with her boss in Hawaii, I bet. That's why she went. This wasn't really work. When it's work-related, like quotes. You know what? Piper did fall in love with the ghost once. I just remembered. We said that. So it's probably the same freaking ghost. Probably. Oh, my gosh. My worry is that it's not even a ghost. It was just like an invisible kid. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Ghost. Yeah. Like if a Grimlock was there, you'd definitely know. Mm-hmm. But without a Grimlock, you're like, was that a ghost? Was it just an invisible person? Get your friends and family Grimlocks for Christmas. Yeah. And this has been Meanwhile Uncharted. So, as Brian said, this is the last time we're watching two episodes of Gilmore Girls. And today we watch season one, episode 19, Emily in Wonderland, and episode 20, PSI Lo- Brian, tell us what happened on Emily in Wonderland. So Emily in Wonderland is about Emily and Rory exploring Stars Hollow together and Emily kind of learning a little bit more about their life. 
and also about Lorelai helping Luke decide that he's going to be with Rachel. What a weird thing. Yeah. So the show starts on one of their Friday night dinners, and Emily is talking about the chairs she got. And I actually feel like in this scene, Lorelai's kind of being rude. She's like, these chairs don't look like anything different to me. When it's kind of like, well, why shit on your mother's chair choices? (laughs) But anyway, Emily's all upset because she can't find anywhere to get antiques she's looking for. And Rory's like, I can take you to Lane's mom's house. She sells a bunch of antiques. Let's make a day of it. Yeah, and Lorelai's like, no, that place is closed. Like, she does not want her mom to come to Stars Hollow. But they're like, we're doing it anyway. So Rory and Emily are going to spend a day together. This scene at Luke's is kind of insane to me. Why is that? Rachel's a photographer, and Rachel shows Lorelai a picture of Luke and Rachel at that celebration a couple episodes ago. Luke and Lorelai. Yes, where Luke did the infamous uh, thigh fist mm-hmm. bump. Mm-hmm. And there's this like moment like, oh, this is a weird picture, incriminating or something. Like Luke, we've talked about Luke. He doesn't have any kind of like emotional stability. He's all like, a picture of me and another woman? I can't imagine. To be fair, this was an awkward position that Rachel put them all in. I don't even think it's that awkward. They were sitting in public, talking. Yeah, but you can tell in this moment that Rachel is also uncomfortable. Like, what's going on in this picture, guys? I think. But yeah, Luke handles it badly, but as he should, because this photo is of them discussing what the deal with him and Rachel is. Yeah. And they did not think she was, like, anywhere around. But, like, Rachel also on that same bench had just had a discussion with him about what's going on with him and, uh, and Lorelai. Yeah. And he was like, well, maybe some, but I don't think so. Well, anyway, Lorelai's going to go hang out with Rachel. They're going to go to... Look at this house. And Luke is like, oh, women that I know hanging out, uh, I don't know about that. He's like, you guys are very different. You guys can't hang out. That's so weird. This house that they're going to see is like an old rundown inn that Lorelai recognizes. And we later find out that she and Suki are looking to eventually purchase their own inn. And this is a place that they're thinking about buying. Got it. Season two stuff. Well, I mean, they say that in this episode. (laughs) Right, but season two stuff. Right, right, right. Meanwhile, Emily shows up at Rory's house and honks the horn, which we thought was not okay. She totally gave Dean a hard time for that. I mean, she did get out of the car to come in. I think she was just like, I'm here. So they meet and she's like, I can't walk around in these heels. And so Rory's like, you can wear my mom's. And so then Emily is just walking around in these like pumps or whatever they are. Pumps are dress shoes. She's wearing like full on white shoes, like tennis shoes with socks. Wait, pumps are dress shoes? Yeah, pumps are like uh, like pointy toed shoes with like little heels. I don't know anything about shoes. I thought pumps were genitals. <laughs> That's a reference uh, for all the deep fans of the podcast. For deep fans, hashtag boobs are not genitals. Hashtag deep fans. So Emily's walking around in like bright white tennis shoes and like socks halfway up her leg. And she thinks she looks ridiculous. Rory's like, no, you don't. But she does. It's, um, <laughs> she's wearing like a dress suit. She has a fun conversation with, um, what's her name? Cammie? Miss Kim? Cammy Kim? Mrs. Kim. Emily has a fun conversation with uh, Miss Kim where they're haggling over some antiques. And Emily seems like she's not getting along with her. But at the end, she's like, I like that woman. Yeah, I mean, they're very similar personalities, I guess. Mm -hmm. Very over-the-top, angry women. So Emily and Rory go to the inn to see Lorelai. But before that, Lorelai comes into contact with Rune. Rune's back, everybody. Yay. Everybody's favorite POS. He's... Homeless and jobless? The scene between him and Michelle actually made me laugh out loud. That was so funny. Yeah, going out with Lorelai isn't one of my, like, shining moments. And then Michelle's like, and you have so many to pick from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so funny. Michelle's so mean, but ruins the worst. It's fine. Yeah, and you can punch 
Rune day and night. Yeah. I hate Rune. But this is where we find out Rune's down on his luck and like Jackson and Sugi are hoping Lorelai will let him work slash live at the inn. Why do we feel bad for Rune? He's a bad person. His problems are of his own making. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but here he is. Yeah, I just, like, every scene he's in, I'm like, ugh, I hate you. Like, everything you're doing. And he's written in a way that makes you hate him, and that's just fine, because you're supposed to hate him. But Lorelai says he can live in the little shed out back where her and Rory used to live when they first moved there. Which is said so that we know what this place is, because Rory shows up with her grandmother and shows Emily where they used to live. And Emily has, like, a embolism. She's like, oh, oh God, oh, my God, I can't go in there. And she sprints back to Hartford in her tennis shoes. Not really. But yeah, Rory was showing this to her like she thought it was going to be something really impressive or that Emily would like feel included by seeing this. But Emily is not having it. She's upset by how dire it looks, how much poverty they must have lived in. That Lorelai would run away from all this wealth to live in that place and like how much she must have hated her parents to do that. We don't know all that in the moment. We just know that she has like a little freak out meltdown for a second. Yeah. Puts her sunglasses on. Uh, Rory then gets a call later from Emily being like, tell me all about your favorite band. Well, she's just like, which of these bands are your favorite? And we find out she's like making a room for Rory at her place. Why do you think she does that? I don't know, honestly. To encourage Rory to stay there sometime, maybe? Yeah, or to like let Rory know that she can come have this this wealthy life if she chooses to. Yeah, it's hard to say, but Emily is super manipulative. I don't know why Rory wouldn't. Just say, like, actually, I don't like any of those boy bands. Like, Emily asked her which one she prefers, but she could have just said, like, neither. Especially since, like, Emily had done something similar to this earlier in an earlier episode and, like, threw a surprise party for her. Yeah. You got to be specific when you're talking to Emily, I think. Yeah. Just be like, what are you doing? I just would like to know what you're doing. So the next day, Rachel and Lorelai are hanging out at Luke's apartment, which used to be an office above... Luke's warehouse. Diner. It's a diner now. Used to be a hardware store. (laughs) Was never a warehouse. And um, Rachel's essentially like, hey, could you maybe tell Luke that I really want to make this happen and that I'm going to stay this time and I'm going to settle down? I want to be with him and I feel like your word would be important to him. And Lorelai's all like, yeah, yeah, if it comes up. This is weird. I mean, she's got to at least wonder if Luke and Lorelai have something. So Mm -hmm. to like put her in this position is bizarre. I know, part of it seems strategic though, right? Like if you say this, then you can't try to steal him from me. Yeah, maybe it is. Like you're, you'd be going back on your own word if you told him to go after me and then you tried to butt in. Because Rachel has told us that she's ready to settle down. She's ready to have a kid as long as it's like Rory. Turns out Luke has frilly tasting curtains. Yeah, and they give him shit for that. What is with the show? Can't a man have some feminine qualities without it being a joke? Well, he doesn't want to admit that he chose the curtains either. It's true. So no. <laughs> so downstairs, Lorelai's talking to Luke. Um, she follows him into the back storage room and essentially tells him that he should stay with Rachel. But this scene makes no sense. Luke takes out a bunch of pickles, puts them on a shelf. Then he goes to the other side of this table, opens a different box, takes out the exact same type of pickles, and puts them on a different shelf in a different place. The other shelf was not full of pickles. There was room for more pickles on that shelf. Then we see a wide shot at the very end of the scene, and we see another shelf with a giant thing of pickles. Either Luke's character is incapable of organizing things. Which I don't believe. I think he's very organized. Or the writers were just once again like, yeah, whatever, none of this is important. 
Or the actors just like didn't really think about it and just started putting things places and they, I don't know, really liked that take. The boom wasn't in it, so they had to keep it. As someone who's worked in a restaurant, you don't just put condiments randomly on the shelves in the storage room. No, he had no system. Also, I'm shocked by the amount of um, pre-made food he has. Like he's got like Hormel chili and like turkey gravy that's not homemade. He seems like he'd be sort of a from scratch kind of guy. Luke seems resistant to the idea. He's like, you don't know Rachel like I do. And she's like, well, she seems like she's trying to settle down with you. Is Lorelai saying that unless there's some other reason? Yeah, and Lorelai's like, unless there's some other reason you don't want to be with her, like maybe you'd like to be with me because we should be a couple. She says this with her eyes. Yeah. And then he's like, no, there's no other reason why I wouldn't want to be with her. Which he doesn't mean. No. But I mean, he's so flustered. You should see how he just puts pickles anywhere. But then we see Luke and Rachel later at the movie theater, and they're very cuddly. Mm-hmm. I don't buy this movie theater, by the way. It shows old movies. I'm not saying that some people wouldn't come see movies there. But, like, I'm Luke and Rachel coming to this movie, and there's, like, I can't imagine they fill this place with enough people. I mean, there's not a lot to do in this town. That's, like, the movie theater. I hated it. I think it's charming. I don't. I don't. I think it's unbelievable. I think we'd go. I don't think we would. If there's nothing else to do in the town? We have TVs. They didn't have Netflix back then. Okay, they're not going to see real movies. They're seeing ancient movies. On a bigger screen than they could at home. Lorelai and Rory's TV is tiny. Okay, well, I guarantee you that these things do exist and we did not go to them. Yeah, but we lived in a town with bigger movie theaters. Okay, that's true. I grew up in a really small town that did not have any kind of movie theater, but I probably would have gone to one of these. Why wouldn't it show actual movies? Because you got to have special licenses for that and money. All right. Are we breaking up? I want to be with Rachel. <laughs> She's never going to stick around. You don't know her like I do. All right, let's go on pause. And we're back. We're not breaking up. At the end of the episode, Lorelai and Rory go to Emily's. We see the bedroom. There's a ton of NSYNC posters. It seems kind of nice. And Lorelai's at first like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, but I guess actually it's okay. And then Emily's like, here's all the resentment I have right now. Oh, yeah. She did just like let loose. Can't believe you hated us so much that you would live in poverty. Do they just like... Go have regular dinner then after this fight? This was like immediately after they got there. Yeah, I guess. They have blow-ups a lot of that house. All right. And then we watched P.S. I Love... What was that about, Brian? Okay. P.S. I Love... It's about... That's really fun to say. You guys should all try it. It's the word love, but it's only L-O. Yeah, there's dot, dot, dot after L-O. This episode is about Rory being upset about her breakup with Dean and also about Lorelai confronting her own feelings... And commitment issues. Yeah, Rory's real angsty this episode. Yeah, it's very much a different Rory than we're used to seeing. But it's maybe about time she processes this breakup from like five episodes ago. In this episode, they're making jokes about who they're going to marry, randomly pointing at people on the street. And they go to point for someone for Rory. And of course, it's an angsty looking Dean walking. And maybe Lorelai's supposed to marry Luke. Yeah. And so Rory's upset about it. We find out she's still avoiding the store and is like keeping a list of when Dean does and doesn't work. He doesn't work Wednesdays. That's important. Lane tells Rory she can't hang out because she has to meet her science partner. But what she doesn't tell Rory is that her science partner is Dean. Mm-hmm. The same Dean you're thinking of. The one that Rory broke up with. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, you were thinking of the other Dean. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of James Dean. Dean comes over to study with Lane at her antique shop slash house. And there's a really funny scene here with Miss Kim that's like, are you trying to reproduce with my daughter? I mean, basically. Oh, you sit here, you sit here, and I'm going to watch you. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, she just can't believe that Lane's letting a boy into the house. It's still funny. It was funny. Mrs. Kim's cool. Dean I mean, she's tra- absolutely not cool, but she's... Yeah, she's not cool at she's all. She's funny. So Dean's like, should we talk about Rory? And Lane's like, I don't want to talk about Rory. And then Rory shows up, because if you say her name enough time, she appears. Exactly. And Rory's like, um, mm, uh, mm, and she walks away. 
And Lane's like, hey, I wanted to tell you, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And she's all like, well, I don't need everyone protecting me. Maybe I'll get over it. I think it's a little bit on Lane here. I mean, I get why she didn't want to tell Rory, but it just seems like it, it could maybe have come up somehow that Rory would find out, and it did. It's and- dishonest, really. Yeah, because I mean, like, she's maybe not going to talk to Dean about Rory, but like, she does have like a sense of how Dean is feeling and acting, yeah. which Rory otherwise wouldn't know, and Lane now has to like withhold from her. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think she should have told her. It's not like Lane's fault that they're partners. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just saying his name might make Rory a little sad, but Rory's a little sad this whole episode. So. Right. Um, so she's a little mad at Lane. But Lane will try to make things better later. Meanwhile, Lorelai is getting a call from Max Medina, and Max Medina's like, hey, you know how we've been talking every week on the phone? And we as the audience are like, oh, okay. Ooh. We didn't know that. Cool, cool. They said they were going to. They did say that. They did. But we haven't seen it. He's like, I'd like to have a real day. You could just tell that he wants to bone hard. Uh, He's just really got that vibe. I almost got the vibe that their phone dates were phone sex. Hmm. I don't know for sure, but they did seem a little... I mean, what else are they talking about? Stacy and I, as soon as this podcast is over, we just talk about sex. It's over the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different rooms. Yeah, it's actually a can with a string, and um, I can't hear most of what she says, but that's what I like. <laughs> So he's like, let's have a real date. And she's like, oh, okay, sure, are we sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm so sure. She's like, okay, let's have a real date. We also find out she hasn't told Rory any of this. We find this out via Max Medina at school when Rory is like sadly staring out the window, not paying attention, much like the Buffy scene sans the Enya music. And he's like, Rory, Rory, Rory. Then Paris chucks a big book on the floor. She's like, whoa, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he keeps her after class to make sure things are cool with him dating her mom again. And she's like, whoa, whoa, what? There's so much about this scene that is troublesome. Like the ghost girl in the corner? Yeah. First off, watch this scene again. Everyone leaves class. At the very end of the scene, the camera like pans out, and we see a girl just sort of standing in the corner. Looking at the wall. I don't know what was supposed to be happening here, but it's not explained, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not supposed to be the focus of the scene, and like probably 90% of people don't notice it. But I was like, what, what is going on? Why is that girl just Blair witching right now? <laughs> But it's also weird that he, like, kind of said all that stuff. I don't know. He's like, you can talk to me about stuff. It's like, you're already kind of juggling this weird relationship where you're her teacher and her maybe stepdad one day. Right. Like, I feel like maybe you could say, like, hey, is anything bothering you? You can talk to me about it. That's fine. But to bring up the mom is is weird. Especially with that girl in the room. That's especially weird. That's another thing. He's having this private conversation and there's a girl in the room. Mr. Medina does not understand boundaries. No, not at all. As always happens in the show, Lorelai's just walking and randomly bumps into Luke. He's buying some like oven mitts that he's embarrassed about buying. And he should be. Yeah. Actually, I would like those. They were like little cat oven mitts that meowed. He's trying to buy something for Rachel that's special, but he's not good at buying gifts. So... Lorelai's like, tell you what, give me your credit card like an insane person and I will buy a bunch of gifts for you from the mall. I don't think she asked for the credit card. He just like handed it to her. I'm like, can't he just like pay her back after this is all settled? Both ways make sense to me. I would never hand someone my credit card that wasn't like you or my mom. If you really trusted somebody, like if we have a friend named Ben, if Ben was like, hey, I can buy you this thing you want. I need your credit card. I would not, I would feel comfortable giving him my credit but card. But Ben could just buy it and I would Venmo him. Let's say Ben had a bad week and just like everything went to hell. Then why is Ben shopping for us? Well, he doesn't have a job now, all right? I He's need got this, nothing guys. to do. His Please let me shop for you. Over. I have nothing going. Is Ben Rune? <laughs> 
I wouldn't give Ruin my credit card. I'll tell you that much right now. That's my point. So Lauren is like, I'll go to the mall and buy you some gifts. And Luke Begretchen is like, okay, fine. So she does. She buys a ton of stuff. So much stuff. Mostly just two gifts and a bunch of other random stuff. But she gives him a couple options, a book and a camera bag. And he's like, yeah, yeah, the camera bag's fine. And then she buys him a bunch of clothes. And honestly, I hated this about Lorelai. It made me like upset with her. Who does this? She buys him like a whole wardrobe, you know, and she says it's okay because it was on sale. But, like, it's sort of an insult to be like, hey, man, it'd be one thing if she bought him a shirt and was like, hey, this shirt, I thought it would look good on you. Okay. Mm. But she's, like, essentially saying, like, your wardrobe is garbage. You look ugly in the things you own. Well, she knows he's going out for a fancy dinner with Rachel. So I think she's, like, he must not have anything to wear for that because it's her birthday and she wants him to look nice. Sure, and buying her one shirt, maybe even two shirts, is reasonable. This is like a whole wardrobe. But she's also just like super hyper and like showing him this stuff, and he's trying to say no, and she's like not listening, and then she makes him try it all on. Lorelai doesn't know that Rachel's not there when she shows up. She asks where Rachel is. Does she even ask if she's there? She asks something about Rachel, and he's like, oh, Rachel's buying a bagel. I don't know where Rachel is. Yeah, probably buying a bagel, but we don't know that she won't walk in at any moment, and her gifts are just strewn about the diner counter. Luke proceeds to put on the clothing, despite not wanting to. In the pickle room, I guess, just like while he's working. And Rachel shows up and catches them in sort of an awkward, compromising moment where Lorelai's helping Luke with the belt. Like you do. And part of me is like, how compromising can this be? He's doing it in front of everybody. So it's not like he's cheating on her. Everyone can see what's happening. Yeah, I don't know what you say in this situation. Like, they're not in the middle of an act, but it's like, what? I wouldn't be happy if I came to your workplace and a woman was helping you get dressed. What if it was like in front of all my coworkers, though? I would still have questions. Like, I wouldn't get mad. I would just be like, what? Mm. Why is she at your work? I guess it makes sense that Lorelai would be there, but a lot's weird about this. And I think she reacts appropriately. Right. Like if you showed up at my work and Ben's putting a belt on me and you're like, why is Ben doing that? And be like, it's a long story. Ben has had a rough week. <laughs> so Rory uh, is in a bad mood and she gets off the bus and Lane's there with two coffees like, hey, I'm going to make things right. I know you love coffee. And it, first it seems like maybe it's going to work, but then... Lane starts defending herself and um, talks about how maybe Rory gets sort of super defensive and sad if Dean ever comes up. And then Rory's like, well, fine. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And they have a big fight and she throws away Lane's coffee. And it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. And then she encounters her mom. She's definitely not happy with her mom. Yeah. And then she just is like, boom, you didn't tell me about Max. I'm mad about it. Uh, also, this is important. She's like, they're going to stop at the grocery store. And she's like, I can't go in. And mom's like, why? And she's like, is it Wednesday? And the mom says, no. She's like, well, I can't go in. I'll see you at home. But Rory doesn't go home. No. Rory takes a cab to her grandmother's house. Emily and Richard are about to go to some fundraiser for some, like, endangered animal. And Richard is so pissed about going. He does not want to go at all. I love seeing Richard angry. Yeah. But then Rory shows up, and he loves that Rory's there. Yeah. (laughs) Because he doesn't have to go anywhere now. But also, Emily loves that Rory's there. Because she loves holding this over Lorelai. Yes. Just like Lorelai ran away from home to go to Stars Hollow, now Rory has run away from Stars Hollow to go to home. And wouldn't you know it, Emily conveniently in the previous episode has given Rory a place to stay. Chekhov's teenage bedroom. This whole thing with Emily just makes me hate her so much. She was just like so happy that they were fighting. Which I'm not going to pretend like humans don't have emotions like that, but she's just like drinking it in so much. Lorelai's freaking out. She's got the whole town looking for Rory. Max Medina comes over. And it's not for sex? No, I mean, he wanted it to be, but it's like for coffee and figuring out where Rory is. Yeah, he was like, Rory's missing on my way. I'll bring my books. And my penis. 
We don't know that. He, pro- he was a nice guy. He came over to help her. Look yeah, he probably her. left his penis at home. Um, but they're trying to find Rory. They're sending people all over to look for her. During this time, we found out that Lorelai has not told anyone that she's kind of back with Max. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is there a reason for that? I've told like everyone I know and put it on my live journal. Lorelai's like, no, there's no reason. There's no reason. Anytime anyone in this show says there's no reason, then there's a reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Emily calls, and she's like, oh, she's over here. Don't worry about it. Lorelai's like, can I talk to my daughter? And Emily's like, well, you know, I don't think that's for the best. I mean, Rory did immediately go to bed, so I guess she didn't want to bother her. I feel like any rational person would have let the child talk to their mother. Yeah, I would have maybe couched it by saying, like, you know, if you really want, I'll go get her. But, like, she went to bed. Maybe we should just let her be. I also want to point out that Rory is 16 and went to bed. Richard and Emily still could have totally gone to their party. (laughs) Don't say that out loud. Richard is so happy. (laughs) Honestly, Richard was very funny in that scene. Emily's like, Richard, say something encouraging. I'm sorry for your loss, but I applaud your timing. That was oh, yeah. so funny. And Emily's being like super power trippy about this too. And she's like, well, the next day, why don't you call me after school, after she's come back, and we'll see what happens then. Lorelai talks to Luke. She gets the idea to go yell at Dean at the store and figure out the deal with him breaking up with Rory. She needs answers, as do we, but we still don't get them. This is insane. She runs in there and starts yelling at this kid for breaking up with Rory. And it's like... You don't even know what happened. And also, this kid's 16. You can't yell at him for breaking up with your daughter. You got pregnant when you are 16 and ran away. But this is where we find out that Dean said I love you and Roy didn't say it back. Well, this is where she finds out. I also found out I wasn't paying very good attention to that other episode. (laughs) And she doesn't apologize to Dean or anything. She just, like, walks away from Dean. I know. I did feel... I mean, he sort of was like, well, I don't care. You get out of here then. But I did feel like she should have totally said something like, oh, my gosh, my bad. She's yelling at him at his work in front of this town that's just all about gossip. She's trying to put a belt on him? (laughs) Lorelai just shows up, which Emily doesn't like. Oh, no, I can't believe you're here for your daughter. I was like, come on, Emily. Shut up. Lorelai just goes into Rory's room and they immediately make up, just immediately. Yeah, Rory feels bad. Rory was pretty terrible. But it was kind of shitty that Lorelai didn't tell her about Max, but I also get why she didn't. She has this whole story about how when she was in high school and she got broken up with, this girl she was friends with was like rubbing her happy boyfriend stories in her face and Lorelai didn't want to do that to Rory. And she's also kind of telling Rory, now that she knows the truth about Dean, that she doesn't want Rory to be just like her because Lorelai has trouble telling people she loves them and committing and she doesn't want Rory to have that same problem. Lorelai tells Rory that she said all this to Dean and felt silly about it. If I were Rory, I'd be like, you did what? Yeah. You yelled at this guy I'm like dealing with my emotions over in front of people? What? Yeah, she didn't like when Lorelai invited him over, let alone like scream at him at his workplace. Lorelai needs to respect men in their workplace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe women too later. We'll find out. But right now, yeah, I would be really upset with my mom if like she yelled at some ex, especially if my mom didn't know the whole story about what happened, even though we don't really know what yeah, happened. We still don't really know. Did Dean angrily dump her? Was it like a nice conversation? Did Rory dump him? We don't know. We don't know. Lorelai takes her home and drops her off at Lane's and they have a big hug. So they've made up and all is right in Stars Hollow. The end. So, Stacey, was this a good episode? Both of these? Yeah. Were these good episodes? Um... They were fine. There was like some pretty unrealistic behavior in both of them. Mm -hmm. Specifically Lorelai dressing Luke. Yeah. And also just like the whole Rachel and Lorelai relationship. I just, unless you're right about Rachel doing it to like have the upper hand sort of, Mm -hmm. or to like know she's in control of the situation, Mm -hmm. then I could buy that. But she doesn't seem like that psychopathic or manipulative to me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I don't think that's the case. I mean, there were definitely great jokes, great Richard stuff. I know Emily was very intense, but I do enjoy Emily as a character. I think she yeah. plays the part well. So I generally like any Richard and Emily scenes. I like when they clash. I think that's always good TV. Mm -hmm. But no, these weren't especially good compared to ones we've seen this season due to those unrealistic circumstances. Yeah. And Rory was kind of, meh. I mean, I get why she's upset. She has reasons to be upset. Any teenager would be, but it wasn't fun to watch. I was never upset as a teenager for any reason that wasn't 100% justified. Okay. Did you like these? I have to echo what you said. They were well written. There was good jokes. I laughed in both episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. But it seems sort of surreal, unrealistic character stuff. And sometimes very much just like, oh, we're setting some stuff up. More than anything, it's the ep- it's the scenes that were like, oh, this is awkward. When I'm like, this is so manufactured. And like, mm-hmm. this scene either would not ever really happen or adults would be able to like not be too weirded out by this. This might be a hard one, Brian. Which show do you think was better? Really is, it's hard to say. They weren't bad Gilmore Girls. Like, there were no. good writing. I honestly don't know. Almost a tie. I know. Um, I think I'll go Buffy, just because a lot of the character behavior bothered me in Gilmore Girls, and I don't really have too many flaws with that Buffy episode. Yeah, I'm either tying or leaning Buffy. Well, which is it? Buffy? I I mean, can I say tie? Because I'd say tie. Mm, No, I think we got to pick. Then Buffy. All right. But not by much, Buffy. Just know that you're skirting by by the skin of your fangs. Nice. Nice, babe. Thanks, honey. We'd love to hear your thoughts about either or both of these episodes. What do you think Rachel's motivations were? Who do you think would have made a better Willow? Who do you think would have made a better principal? Do you think that Luke's pickle organization makes sense? You can let us know by reaching out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok at Gilmore Slayer. You can also follow us at at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review all kinds of things. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you do, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. If you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching the season one finale of both shows. That is Gilmore Girls season one, episode 21, Love, Daisies, and Troubadours. And Buffy season one, episode 12, Prophecy Girl. I'm excited, Brian. I am too. I'm super pumped for the finales. Oh, it's going to be quite the battle. Well, I think we should go. Me too. Just away from the podcast. We can't leave our house. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. I'm going to call Stacy. See you guys. Bye.